It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, hey, peace. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Zodiac Lovers, episode number six. About to get into this Virgo um, frequency, but I'm here, the urban guru, man. I'm rolling with my partner. Peace, family. It's Nikki Builder. Happy Friday. Today, as Noble mentioned, we are discussing Virgo, which is the sixth sign of the Zodiac. So ultimately, today we're talking about love, and I hope you're already. Uh, but before we jump into that, let us get some announcements from our sponsor, the Inner Peace Lighthouse Radio Station. Absolutely, man. Y'all know what I'm going to say. Visit the uh, website, man, Toel Love Fund. Help people pay their bills, man, $13 a month. You know, this is what we do at MyAstrologyCoach.com. Go to the membership tab, and um, you'll see it right there, Toel Love Fund, where, you know, we all pitch in 13 bucks a month, and then we cash it out at the end of the month to four people, divide it evenly, and then we just go down the list. Real simple process, simple mathematics, man. Been doing it for six years, so, again, it's at um, MyAstrologyCoach.com, and just go over to the membership tab. You will see it, all right? Also... Um, man, join us in Vegas. We're doing the Imagine Prosperity Workshop, man. It dawned on me. I think I'm presenting absolutely something new, which is going to be really a new formula of prosperity that we've been dealing with. Again, you're dealing with myself, Minister Judas, dealing with, you know, very close to $4 million in collective testimonials over the years of doing this work. And, uh, and, um, and uh, you know, so join us, man. It, it's going to be phenomenal over there in, in Las Vegas. This is going to be March the 18th, which is a Saturday and whatnot. And uh, it's going to be really, really big. Of course, I'm going to bring this technology out. Uh, it's funny because I had the chance to show it to some people today. Um, some real expensive technology to deal with the energy field of the human body. We all hear about chakras and things of that nature, the aura and things like that I got technology, been having it for years to show you the energy field. But most importantly, I can show you a technique um, that can help you go from one state, let's say in felon chakras, a scattered color aura. Um, an aura is an energy field that's around you that's really generated from your soul, real talk. Um, and the color, because we live in a color spectrum reality called Roy G. Biz, right, and these different colors are obviously different frequencies, different wavelengths, right? So different colors represent different attitudes, different beliefs, different personality types, different perceptions about everything that you can really think about from exercise to spirituality to relationships to money to professions to the best thing that's, that's good for you for health. All of this is generated like in a 20, what is it, 22-page report. Um, that's really phenomenal to show you, you know, your own energy field, but most importantly to show you how to get that energy up and how to maintain it simultaneously. Um, I'm also have you hooked up to a heart machine that deals with, you know, clocking that pulse, that, that, that signal that's coming from your heart 
to the brain, and then that's going to the um, from the brain down to to um, to the heart. So you'll be able to you'll be able to see that in real time. And this is an important thing to understand because that particular wave called the pulse. And, and, you know, notice that, you know, when you get sick or go to the hospital, the first thing they're doing is checking that pulse, you know, your vitals, right? Well, that signal, that particular wave, there is a way where you can see if your wave inside of you is chaotic. That's your life force energy right there. That's your real lifeline. There's a way to see if that is chaotic or what we call incoherent. And there's a way to see if that is in a more peaceful, coherent state of being. Very important to understand this. This is a simple technique I show you on how to get into that particular state. I demonstrated that today as well. I mean, instantly and whatnot. So, you know, we just, you know, we live, we live in a world where you hear about these things and concepts, you know, energy and, you know, aura, chakras. Uh, I can actually show you. And then I can show you from, you know, quote, unquote, a spelling state and how to go to a passing state is the most important thing. And then the only thing you got to do is just maintain the technique yourself, and that's how you maintain your energy. So that's going to be available in Vegas. You can get to that, myastrologycoach.com. Um, click on the events tab, man. You'll see, um, what is that, seminars and whatnot and retreats. You'll see it. That's going to be there. Also, market calendars for really right now, but March the 12th, which is Daylight Savings Time, so be mindful of that. Um, March the 12th is an online webinar by myself, yours truly, called The Cosmic Illusion, The Zodiac Exposed. I'm going to really go in on this thing. I like to just give two quick examples. The most obvious truths are of the illusion is the infamous appearance of sunrise and sunset, which is a farce. The sun don't rise, nor does it set. Um, and the moon phases, you know, sometimes the moon, you can't even see her at nighttime. And then when you do, it looks like it's a half a moon. You can see the right side, but you can't see the left side. And then about seven days from that point, you see that it's full. And then every day after the full moon for the next 14 days, you see that, wait a minute, now I can see the left side of the moon, I can't see the right side. And it, it looks as if this physical body is changing shapes. But we know that that's not happening. That physical body um, is not changing shapes. It's not happening. But it gives the illusion as such. So then what happens is we start to define our reality based off of this observation. You would hear people talk all the time about the, um, the waning moon, you hear people talk about the, the waxing moon, and this is a good time to do this and that. And not that it's not. It absolutely is. But the truth of the matter is that physical body is not moving. So are you accepting the reality because it's based off your observation? Or, right, or are you dealing with another truth, which is, wait a minute, that, that's not even moving. So when we get into this concept and you understand Eastern philosophy, um, you know, you hear, especially in the Hindu religion and in Sufism as well, they talk about maya, which means illusion, the illusion, and it's all the illusion. Like I hear people say it, but I've never heard nobody really break the, like, what's the illusion, that I ain't physically real? I'm real. I got a heartbeat, brainwave, I'm consciously aware of myself, 
I know if I touch fire, I'm likely to get burnt. Like, I don't care what you say. That's real, right? I don't like it. It hurts. But what is the illusion really about? You see what I'm saying? So I'm going to get into this whole thing of what the illusion is because the truth of the matter is once we start to process um, what appears to us to be real, such as sunrise, moon phases, and whatnot, we start to accept that reality as fact. But the truth is that's not a fact. So, you know, if you learn anything within this series of this show, we call it Reconciling the Paradox, where there's an ancient riddle that states that, hey, all truths are but half-truths, and all paradoxes can be reconciled. Meaning if I say it's up, you say it's down, you're telling half the truth, I'm telling half the truth, and there is a middle ground common denominator where, guess what? We are both right at the same time. And that is the science that we got to get to. That's the understanding that you really have to thrive to get to is how can we have two diametrically opposing ideas and beliefs, but yet we both be correct and wrong at the same time. Mm. I always Mm. say you are the battery. You have a negative terminal, positive terminal. You keep playing the pole like you're a little cheap dancer. But the truth of the matter is, and not, not to disrespect it because Lord knows I come from that culture, so I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not shaming it, but you are the light that exists in between the poles as the G-force known as electricity that loves to operate in the realm of duality and play these tricks on you. And it's so simple because we see it in the human terms of man and woman, which look like they're two different beings, you know, gender-wise, they come together and then they have a baby. So the two produce one. Where do they do that at in mathematics, where you say one plus one equals another one, or two equals one? Where, where does that happen at? So we see that the illusion is clearly within this reality. So mark your calendars, man. This is going to be dope. For real, for real. It's called The Cosmic Illusion. Go to MyAstrologyCoach.com. There's an early bird special on it right now. Our webinars are only $45, but right now it's 30 bucks to the last day of the month, which is four days. Come March, it goes back up to regular price. So get in where you fit in because I am going to give you the truth of the cosmos. And um, that's it for me. Cool. Um, so my my announcements are, y'all know, same as always. Uh, catch me on YouTube, Nikki Builder at YouTube. Um, I'm I'm definitely shifting into a new space right now, family. So I'm my plan and my goal, my intention, my heartfelt intention is to do some more work on my YouTube channel and make sure that I post some new content over there. So look out for that very, very soon. Uh, But in the meantime, please feel free to stroll on over to Nikki Builder at YouTube and uh, check out the content that's already there. In addition to, I always say, uh, my day job is a fashion designer. I make clothes for the woman who makes her own rules. So check me out at Big Cartel. It's Nikki D. Nova Collection. Bitcartel.com, and over there you'll find uh, the rest of my my heart and work. Uh, my my life mission is is to be a, a creator and a designer on multiple levels, but you'll find it on the fashion level. So again, that's Nikki D Nova Collection. Bitcartel.com, as well as you can find me on YouTube at Nikki Builder. 
So those are my announcements for today. I guess it's time to jump into the show. You ready, Noble? I'm ready. It's on you. All right, let's rock and roll. That's what I always tell Dolly. Let's rock and roll. So today we are talking about the sixth sign of the zodiac, which is Virgo. Dun, 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 dun. Trump is blowing, right? So Virgo is is not only the sixth sign of the zodiac, but it is the last of the personal signs. So shows one through now we're technically on the seventh show because for Jim and I we did uh, two shows, um, but we're we're in the sixth house or at the sixth sign called Virgo. So what we've been talking about all of this time is the personal responsibility that lies on the chart, right? So Virgo is the last of these these personal signs, um, and coincidentally, love, uh, excuse me, Virgo is also the sign of love. So let's just cover some key words real quickly for Virgo. Um, Virgo deals with love. Virgo is also associated with service to others. It's also associated with our health, right? So in medical astrology, we know that Virgo deals with the intestines. It also deals with the nervous system. As far as its uh, its element, Virgo is an earth sign. It is a mutable earth sign, which means that it uh, sits in between the seasons, right? So it's going to give us that transition between summer and fall. So that's why it is a mutable sign. So that's Virgo, right? Um, in a nutshell, that's Virgo. But really what I want to focus on today is this concept of love, and I will tell you why. Um, as I was looking at and really doing my research for the week and going through my life, because I, as I always say, I find that the theme of my life tends to kind of uh, mirror whatever the topic is for the week. I can always find how how it's correlated and what it's related to. And so, of course, the, the, the big key words for Virgo dealing with service and health, what occurred to me was service and health are actually two modes, if you will, of love, right? Because what is love? Love is, is a big part of our purpose here on the planet, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later on. But love is an action word, right? Love is something that you do. It is your ability to pour into others. As well, on the receptive end, because we know we live in a world of duality, love is also our ability to be poured into, Right, and that becomes really interesting when we start thinking about you know uh, potential mates and how it is that we make decisions to partner with people. Sometimes people are not available to be loved, which is a really interesting concept. You got to be available to be loved, right? And and automatically, at least for me, I, I was like, well, how can you not be available to be loved, right? And Again, we this brings up this conversation about the traumas that we experience in this life. So a lot of times what can happen for us as human beings is we go through these experiences in our lives and we allow it to, to callous us, which really inhibits our ability to receive love. So I don't want to dig too far into that quite yet. Um, I, I want to start with 
sort of this this quote that kept popping up for me this week, right? And I've been speaking to it throughout um, the throughout the series, but the the quote really popped up for me. And y'all know I love social media, and I I saw it um, on social media, and it's a really it's really simple. It says, "You are a spirit with a body, not a body with a spirit." Right? And how does that correlate to conversations that we've been having or things that I've been saying throughout the series. And for me, that quote really highlighted this concept that I've been trying to get to, which is that the unseen is responsible for the seen, right? And so because we live in this this society, we live in this world that says the thing that is more powerful, the thing that is more visible is the thing that is greater, right, the thing that's stronger. And we can see our physical bodies. So for that reason, it can be very easy to get caught up in this illusion, and I love what Noble was saying um, in his conversation about illusion a little bit earlier, um, prepping us for the series that he's got coming up. Um, but we we live in this world of illusion. This illusion tells us that our physical bodies are and our physical experience are the things that we need to focus on. It's the most important part of our existence. And so it's easy for us to get trapped in this mentality that says, well, you know what? I think I have a spirit, but I've never actually seen it before, so maybe it's not really that important, right? So, again, we we tend to believe and we tend to lean towards these ideas that say the the physical – existence the physical parts of ourselves are the are the parts of ourselves that are most important but that is a a very great illusion that we live in so again you are a spirit with a body you are not a body with a spirit and i think that really puts us in in the proper order that we need in order to understand our experience here as human beings right because you know we live in this society that says you know the 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 horse really kind of comes or the cart comes before the horse really in this society the body becomes it comes before the spirit again all of that being being fallacy right and and what it is it's a it's a great example of the fact that anything goes in this world that we live in, this world of illusion, right? Because we can we can see from our experience that, yeah, it's it's possible to survive working as backwards, right? Putting your physical body bef- and your physical needs before your spiritual needs. You can do that. It's it's possible, right? But if we really look at the the collective state of the world that we live in, right? We live in a collective state of chaos, of conflict. That's what the world is in. Like we worried about terrorists. We worried about uh, the ozone layer depleting. We worried about, you know, too many nations having nuclear bombs and the ability to wipe everybody off the face of the freaking earth, right? There's all of this chaos and turmoil that, our world is is submerged in right now but i want to i want to remind us that the collective chaos the collective conflict that we experience in the world is really a result of 
individual conflict and chaos, when you add it all up, that is the sum of the state of the world that we live in. So we gotta we gotta be real careful about that. Um, and so all of these things should be a really clear indication to us that it's not necessarily the best idea to live ass backwards or bass backwards, <laughs> right? It's, it's not necessarily a good idea. You can do it, but in doing so, you make other agreements that allow and permit the conflict and the chaos to arise in our lives, okay? So... Um, I was thinking about, okay, Virgo, so here we are, we're dealing with this concept of love. We're dealing with this concept of service and health within our own lives and within our own bodies, right? And so, like I said, we know that we can survive in chaos. We know that we can survive in conflict. But we should have learned by now that it's not necessarily the best idea, right? So the next thing we want to do is 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 hopefully begin to talk talk about evolving the conversation, right? We're we're talking about making a decision between surviving this life and thriving in this life. And so last week in talking about Leo, I I, I really just very kind of plainly spoke to this idea that the joy, the fun that we allow ourselves to experience in this life is what we give permission and an energetic investment to grow in our lives. We have to we have to give ourselves permission first to be loved. We have to love ourselves in order to give permission and and send out resonance into the universe that says this is what I want to receive back. This is what I want to get back out of the world. We have to be willing to show that before we can actually receive it. And so we're we're talking about surviving versus thriving, right? And so now it's talking about evolving the conversation. And it occurred to me, well, here we are talking about Virgo. Love, which is associated with Virgo, is the evolver. So why do I say that? A couple different reasons. Um, first, I want to talk about it from the perspective of Kabbalah. I'm always talking about Karen Berg's book, um, God Wears Lipstick. And in that book, she really explores this concept of human existence. Why are we here, right? Are we here just to exist in this drama that amuses God, right, and and God likes to decide when to like us and when not to like us, and when we go through trials and tribulations, it's, it's amusement for God. We're just, you know, we're actors in this movie intended to entertain God, right? This is this this can be uh, an idea, it, it, it can feel that way in this life. Or is there something greater? Is there a, a, a greater reason why we're here? So in the book, Karen Berg talks about this idea of love being, you know, ultimately our reason for being here on the planet. And as women, she really talks about the concept as it pertains to women. And, this, and, and she digs very deeply into the concept of soulmates in this book. And so um, basically the, the 
basis of her book is this idea that men and women are sent here as soulmates, right? And so the man being the light, a representation of the the giving principle in the universe, and the woman as the other half, the receiver of that giving principle. And in the book she talks about this idea that women come down to the planet to serve as um, either correction or to serve as loving soulmates to the masculine energy. And so when we see different uh, manifestations or different archetypes of the female energy, they all exist as correction to the male principle, which needs to learn how to love from the perspective of or from, from a state of no agenda, ultimately. And I've heard Noble speak to it multiple times before, and and he he states that a man doesn't really learn love until he has a daughter. Why does he say that? Because having a daughter is a non-agendered love for men, right? Aside from his mother, men typically engage in relationships where there's something for him to gain from the relationship, whether it's sex, whether it's his ego getting stroked, whatever the case is, a, a man is is in the relationship to receive something in exchange for his giving, right? And so when a man has a daughter, here he is faced for the first time with an opportunity to love unconditionally, right? A man's love for his daughter is different than his love for his wife, right? I'm going to love on my wife so she can give me some good sex. I'm going to love on my wife so she can give me, cook me a good meal, right? But with his daughter, that's a totally different kind of love because she's not here to serve him. He is actually here to serve her. And so it's it's a different form it's a different understanding of love. And so I was thinking about that from the perspective of women who in our nature as nurturers, as mothers, we the, the love that we give is, dare I say, a little bit more pure, right? Because a mother has to... She's, she has to love unconditionally. And, of course, there are exceptions to that concept or to that rule because, you know, yeah, we live in a world where mothers do abandon their children. But, you know, more often than not, mom is present to nurture the child, right, this concept of bearing a child for nine months and then giving birth to it and then nursing that child and rearing that child and teaching that child, that is unconditional love, right? Your t- your child, I remember within the first few days of bringing my newborn home, and she ain't a newborn no more. She's a, she's a diva. Um, I'm laughing because this child made me recomb her hair this morning. I had her hair was done. We get up, we go brush teeth, we finish getting dressed. She goes and looks in the mirror and goes, Mom, uh, I don't like it. You did my hair like this yesterday. I want a bun today. And literally, because I did not want to deal with the fuss that she was going to put up, I'm like, all right, we're going to sit down and redo this hair. Unconditional love. 
even though you didn't give me what I wanted in that moment, even though you making me sit down and take even more time out of my day to do your hair, unconditional love, right? So I keep saying love, 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 with, and, and I do intend to go into the other topics and modes of Virgo. But like I said earlier, what occurred to me is that service, and our health, which are which are two concepts associated with Virgo, are modes of love. So really, I'm going to prepare you all now. I'm going to be talking about love for the rest of the conversation. I wanted to bring up, before I pass the mic on to Noble, um, a, a, a quote that I heard uh, Tony Robbins, who is an insanely successful entrepreneur and businessman, he was speaking on the topic of love. Actually, I think I posted it to my Facebook page. It was so awesome. I was like, yay, Tony Robbins. But Tony Robbins, this successful businessman, was talking about love and being successful in the space of love. And here's what he said. <clears throat> he said, if we want to take our lives to the next level, we have to be willing to focus on what we are here to give versus what it is that we are here to receive. And I wanted to bring that up in this context or this conversation about unconditional love because unconditional love is really the mode of love that is is giving without condition, right? So, it's not even a coincidence, it's not even weird that this successful businessman was talking about his success in his own marriage, right? We know that money and love are directly connected to each other. When you are successful in one, because they are correlated and linked to each other, you are going to be successful in the other. So when I heard him speaking about this, I'm like, oh, yo, of course Tony Robbins would be talking about success and love because money and love are directly linked to each other, right? So so here Tony Robbins is talking about focusing on what it is that we can give to the world versus focusing on what it is that we can get from it, right? And 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 because of past traumas, whether we're talking about, you know, the households that we grew up in, whether we're talking about, you know, past relationships that have failed, whatever it is, oftentimes because we live in this world of illusion, because we live in this world that tells us that which we can see is more important than that which we cannot see, we get trapped many times into these illusions that tell us, mm, you know what, that time you tried to get into a relationship and you thought you was all in love and stuff, that didn't work out. Um, you are the child of a single family household and your parents divorced when you was two and your dad wasn't exactly as present as he should have been. We use these things to confirm for us these very low, and, and they're secret, they're very subconscious, but these secretly low and subconscious beliefs that we have about ourselves. And then we go out into the world, and I talked last week about this resonance that comes from us. It, come, it comes from the heart, right? 
And our hearts are acting as these magnets to attract experiences to us to verify our belief systems about ourselves. Again, we're dealing with the first six signs of the zodiac, which are talking about personal responsibility. So it is no coincidence that here at the final sign of personal responsibility, we're having a conversation about love. I text Noble earlier in the weekend, and he was like, all right, you ready for the show? Where you at? I'm like, yo, you know what I peeped? We're talking about Virgo this week. And Virgo oftentimes is known as, you know, she's considered to be the lady in waiting, right? And and the personality is is at times I think considered to be a little naive. When I personally think about Virgo and I got a homegirl who is like all earth every which way possible, but her sun sign is Virgo, they're they're very practical people, right? You think about Beyonce, who is a master of her craft. They're very practical, detail-oriented people. But at the same time, Virgo is known to be a little bit, the, the personality or the archetype of Virgo is considered to be a little bit naive. And what I said to Noble was, I said, you know what, I know why, Virgo is considered to be the naive one. Virgo is naive because Virgo, and again, we all have this archetype within ourselves, right? This is the part of us that does not recognize that we are responsible for setting out the instructions, the guidelines, the boundaries, the parameters for what it is that we want to receive in our lives as far as love is concerned, right? The resonance that comes from your heart is the thing that tells other people. It's not It's not what's coming out of your mouth. we got to be really clear about that. There's a very big difference between the things that we profess from our mouths, the decisions that we make, which ultimately come from the resonance in our hearts, our true belief systems, our true system of 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 order and and the way that we determine what we are worthy of in this lifetime, right? So bump what it is that you're saying out of your mouth that you want, right? I want somebody who is responsible, I want somebody who's loyal, I want somebody who's mature, I want somebody who's X, Y, and Z, right? Bump the things you're saying out of your mouth. What it really boils down to is the decisions that we make. The decisions that we make come from ultimately the resonance of our heart because the resonance of our heart is really dealing with what it is that we believe we can receive in this life, how much love we really believe we can get out of this lifetime. So we got to be really, really clear about that. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to pass it on to, to Noble, but before I do that, I just want to share an, a, a, a scripture or a text from the Bible, right? Matthew seven sixteen. it says this, You know a man or a woman by the fruit that they bear, Right? So I've said it before throughout the shows. If you want to know what the resonance of your life is, Noble talked about it in 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 a little bit earlier in the show and talking about whether or not we've got these scattered 
auras, whether the lights in our auras are scattered, right, whether or not, and it's talking about this sense or resonance of chaos in our lives. So if you can look around yourself and you can look around your life and nine out of the ten things that you can count that are going on in your life are chaotic, then the fruit that you are bearing is that of chaos. And you better believe, and I'm I'm not just talking to the sisters, I'm also talking to the fellas, fellas as well. If you can look around yourself and you got more chaos going on and you can count more drama in your life than you can count harmony and peace in your life, then you better believe that that is not something that you can hide from the rest of the world. All somebody got to do is come pluck an apple from your tree and find out, ooh, this shit is rotten. There's some conflict. There's some lack of integration that's going on here. And if we would be willing to do our research, if we would be willing to be patient for long enough, we would find out, right, before it was too late, that mm, maybe I'm dealing with a rotten tree over here. Maybe maybe I need to go, maybe I need to redefine or reconstruct my, my parameters and my boundaries as far as what it is that I am asking for. But it's the resonance from your heart. It's not the things that we are saying. So I'm going to pass it off to Noble with that. And, and, and I got some other things on my list. But where you at, Noble? Yeah, um, you know, I, I, you're clever. <laughs> I'm clever. I like how I like how you how you glossed over the um, you know when you talk when you talked about the woman the the correction make or the loving to my fellas. In other words, what she's saying is correction is a is a key word for hell on earth. Okay, is <laughs> what it what it. Is what it represents when you talk about the correction. Made, but we talked about hell this. on earth or heaven on earth and cancer, right? Oh, very true, very true. We 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 did, but that that tikkun process, or what the Kabbalah calls tikkun and correction, um, you know, just know that sometimes it, it comes. Oftentimes, it comes through adversity. I just found that funny, like oh, like she glossing over that, but that that was cool. <laughs> um, you know, man, I got a couple notes here. Um, you know, one on the money and the love thing. Um, yeah, this is true. This, they, these two principles are, in cosmic law, they're Venetian. They're 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 Venus. There's it's Venus is relationships on one aspect with Libra, and then it's 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 values and and finances when you understand Venus and Taurus, because Venus is is naturally at home in both of these two zodiac signs. And so by by default, when one is affected, the other could be greatly affected like a domino. So this is very real in this economy law. My my third note was, the, you know, I was pondering this whole thing of unconditional love, right? And I'm like, man, listen, this is a bunch of bull crap. Let me tell you something. <laughs> like how can, in the Western world, see see, this is the thing. Show me one thing that does not have a particular condition to it. So I guess I would have to define condition. But before before I even get into that, in fact, I'm not going to even get into all that. In the Western world, it's hard to do because of the upbringing, the, the certain beliefs, and just the energy period. So I think one of the one of the things we get into in the inner peace class is understanding what we would call compassionate detachment. 
right? Where it's, it's, it's the concept is like, wait a minute, I love you, and just because you did something um, crazy as a little child, why do I have to get upset? I mean, I know I can get upset, but I always ponder this with my own self and watching my own energy. Why can't I spank behind but do it in a loving way when I'm physically spanking you, but why do I have to shift my energy and go into this <laughs> raw mode? Why can't I just have a smile on my face like, I told you don't do it, but see, you didn't. And go about my day and skip along and never miss an energetic beat of being in a good mood is my point. So compassionate detachment is a concept that says, listen, love, but understand that you don't give no one else the power to determine how you're going to feel. And you don't get an inanimate object such as, you know, whatever, whether it's the car or whether it's the food, whatever, this power to dictate to say, you know what, I, the lack of it uh, makes me feel bad. No, it's, it's your perception of it that makes you feel bad, and we're very clear on this. But unconditional love is a very high, lofty state, and let me be honest with you, it's, it's one of them, it's, it's the Jesus Christ, it's the Paramahamsa Yoganandas of the world, it's the Dalai Lamas of the world. It's a very high spiritual quality that deals with you basically becoming a living Mother Teresa. You are a monk. You are a, you know, you're just a spiritual saint in the flesh. And to live that lifestyle is, is, is obviously one a lot of people in the Western world is not probably going to gravitate towards. But the best way to get there is through understanding and the practice of what we would call compassionate detachment, learning how to love, but loving from a place where you're not dependent upon something that dictates your love, if that makes sense. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, Virgo is interesting because, um, you know, we're dealing with, this is a sign that likes to analyze things. A negative trait could be over um, overanalyzing stuff like the perfectionist. This is the, in hip hop. This is Jay Electronica, who you keep begging, please release an album, please, 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 and he's never giving you an album. Why? Because he has strong Virgo energy, and a certain trait of that energy could mean I hear it, a good time passes, I don't like it no more, let me shelf it and put it up. You overanalyze, and it's the old sayings from the street: study long, study wrong, make a move. So so you have to, this is a particular trait that everyone has. Um, in the horoscope wheel, if you again go to your Google images and you type in, you know, horoscope wheel or the 12 houses, we're talking about the sixth house in astrology in your chart. This is an area, as Nikki said, that deals with health. It deals with your intestines. Um Planets in this particular house, if you were born with them or if there's some in the sky right now traveling through this area of space, denotes the kind of um, activity that we're likely to see. So really pay attention to this particular house because it deals with your overall well-being right here. All right, very important to understand this. This is how, in this craft, this is how we will denote the proper timing of surgeries and things of that nature. And I will always use the example of Kanye West's mother um, because I believe when things make it into the news and the starlight, 
that's a divine sign to give you some type of education or what we like to call divine insight into a situation. So his mother, we know, was a cancer. Cancer is a zodiac sign that rules the breast and the stomach. And she is, you know, she passed to the other realm when she had experienced complications from a breast reduction and a stomach reduction known as a tummy cut, right? And so was that a coincidence? I showed in one of the videos on hip-hop astrology on YouTube. If you're not familiar with it, go to YouTube, type in hip-hop astrology TV, and it's a whole plethora of just videos that's there of me going through different people's, you know, charts real quick. I mean, like, they two-minute drills. Some of them may be ten minutes, but most of them, I try to keep them under three. It's just a lot of information. You can find that one and see where it makes sense. So the sixth house is is our personal hygiene. But now there's all, this is also the realm. A lot of people don't talk about this. This is also the area of open enemies because the opposite, which is the 12th house, is secret enemies. And so this is the realm of open enemies right here. So if you know how to properly gauge or understand your chart or see the energy that, that you were born with in that chart or in this area of space, you'd be able to dictate the um, potential conflicts that you could attract to yourself. Why am I saying you're attracting this to yourself if this, is, if this is your first time hearing such a concept? I always pose a question based off a real-life scenario that says, um, real real talk, I remember emailing the client about two years ago and I said, hey, be careful on this day because you can be in an accident. They never got the email. And on that precise day, they were in an accident. So as a student of the creator and just phenomenon, period, I have to ask myself the next logical question is, out of 7 billion people on earth, how did the energy find that person? How did it just weave through all 600, you know, all these other billion people, and it's like, oh, bam, here, here you are, bam, you're right there. I got you. And, in fact, it, it, it's so clever. It found a way to put somebody in the driver in another vehicle to say, let me run this red light and, bam, run into you. Because you would have to admit at this particular point that the energy, since it knows how to find you, let's just say, let's just accept that that means you are, you are, you are radiating a certain signal. And I call this the real cell phone because you have cells inside of your body, which is energy. So we talked about the, the aura. That's the energy field that's around you. And we all feel it, especially on a summer day, where you feel like this glowing effect around you, this energy field, right, is around you. This is very real. This is why you don't like people too close to you. They're not – they, when they, people get into arm's length of you, they're too close, right, if it's not an energy that you welcome, period. It's just too close. And you can start to feel the energy exchange because they're in your energy field, Okay. So in this area of space, man, Virgo is, 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 is very dope because, again, it's dealing with the analytical mind. It's your ability to be of service here. And this is the key because um, the Kabbalah teaches that, you know, you can't even, and, and this bothers, it don't bother me, but it's one of those things that bothers me in a good way while I ponder it. One of those ones where I start pacing literally back and forth in the middle of the floor and talking out loud, like, wait a minute, I'm sure. And it's like, you can't warrant a soulmate 
into you yourself as an individual soul has got to a point where you have something to offer, in other words, service humanity. I don't care if it's a nonprofit organization. I don't care if it's you donating to charity because this is the sixth house as well. Let me say this. A proper understanding of the sixth house will give you insight on what charitable programs you should be a part of to, let's just say, balance the karmic ledger for your own soul, okay? And so, but this is the this is the house of service. You have to be a service. And until you get to that particular point where you're ready to serve and give this offering, because it deals with healing, and, you know, don't, your service don't have to be healing, but it can be. Um, whatever that service is to give back to humanity, this is where you you do it from a standpoint of charity. And what I mean is, Whatever this offering is, it does. it's not motivated by monetary gain. It's not motivated by anything besides the fact that I call it divine inspiration. You're divinely inspired to just share in this particular manner, okay? So we got to understand this, and this is dope. And it makes sense now when I, when I heard Karen say that because, the next step or next week, we're talking Libra. We're talking, we now start to get into the realm of duality called partnerships and how I share with myself. So we look at, share with others. When we look at the evolution of the will, one, two, three, four, five, six, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Virgo says, okay, I'm the last stop before we get into what you would call marriage partnerships at Libra. But I am the sign of being of service. So if you ain't found your divine calling on how you're going to service humanity, you just may get into a relationship that's going to force you to see what your divine calling is called the tacoon or the correction. Make sense? If we understand the logical order of the will. All right? So think about that because everybody has this calling per se. And some of us have cheat codes too. Let me say that. And uh, what do I mean by a cheat code? Uh, a cheat code is where um, in a past life you have markers in an in a, in a, in a area space um, um, that, you, that you did in the past. But in this lifetime you chose to be born with energy called planetary bodies within the same area of space. So therefore, by, 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 by law, you get to relive the past. It's okay for you. Well, other people, if they don't have anything in this area of space and it's way on the other side, to a degree they're supposed to deal with this new energy on the other side versus being stuck in the past. So this, this, this thing is a beautiful thing if you can understand this very simple puzzle. Ladies and gentlemen, I say it all the time, there are only 12 freaking Science. This is not rocket science to understand this. It's not. It, it just isn't. I refuse to believe it is. It's not. And a very basic understanding, if you have an interest in it, a very basic understanding could grant you much wisdom on how you can navigate in this particular reality. But I wanna, I'm gonna switch gears a little bit um, because I want to get more into the Kabbalah aspect of Virgo. I want to get more into what we would call the esoteric aspect of Virgo. And Kabbalah, we know, 
simply comes from the root word cabal, which means to receive. It just simply means to receive, right? Now, it's interesting, what I hit on this before in previous shows, that the quote-unquote Jewish New Year um, is around the time that the moon and sun are together in perfect alignment called the new moon in Virgo. And this, this new year is called Rosh Hashanah. Rosh simply means head. Rosh really is, it means head. The head of the year for them is around the new moon in Virgo. So it changes every year. So this year, if you Google Rosh Hashanah 2017, you're going to see that it's going to take place on September the 20th. Well, that's the same day as the new moon in Virgo. So I'm not making this up. I'm showing you something here. So now we have a intimate connection through whether it be that biblical aspect or this Hebrew culture that deals with we're going to start when the sun, the father masculine electrical outgoing principle, and the moon, the feminine receptive magnetic attractive principle, are conjoined, called a new moon and sometimes a solar eclipse, together in the sky in the constellation of Virgo, the divine feminine. Because it is of our understanding as Kabbalists that we are, I know this is a tough pill to swallow, um, we're all daughters of the creator because we're here to receive the light and the message of God. I won't even call you all feminine, so I don't want to play with you. I just don't want your ego to kick in. But when I say daughters of the creator, simply meaning we are all here to receive the influx of light from the creator and to be divinely inspired. This is why we love art. This is why we love music. This is why we love entrepreneurism. All right? So what is this, 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 this whole thing that's taking place here? The new moon or the moon and sun together in Virgo. This is Rosh Hashanah. This is the new year. And then spirit said, well, find out what is the word for virgin because, you see, in this system, in this spiritual system, no word and letter is there by accident. It is actually there for a specific reason. Even the amount of times the word appears throughout the text is there for a specific reason. So it's a beautiful puzzle. So I said, okay, what is this virgin? Virgin from the Greek aspect because, remember, the Old Testament was more Hebrew. The New Testament with Christ became more of the Greek. So a different philosophy came in, but much understanding can be derived if we understand the root word of it. So Virgo or the virgin um, is a word that represents cup. And what do a cup do? A cup holds water. It receives the contents that you pour inside of it. So the virgin is a cup, a cup Water, I'm sorry, call me a freak, but it's a vagina. It's a vessel of water. I'm sorry, I'm definitely a freak. So that, that's what it is. That's what it's talking about. The virgin, we all know, is a virgin Mary. She didn't have sex type of thing. So it's already priming your mind to understand the, the spiritual science of sexuality and what this virgin or what this cup is really about. All right? Now, this is going to be interesting. Because, because this cup is going to come back up uh, in, in a second. So I never hear no one talk about 
something that is known as, and here's something for your notes, the Virgo Super Cluster, okay, which is a mass concentration of many galaxies. So in other words, and this, I like working it from the top down, and I might as well give you all this right now, something on my mind that talks about building relationships from the crown down versus you fighting gravity and trying to go uphill from the base up. If you understand the simple diagram of chakras and they say your crown chakra is at the top and, and then you have your third eye and then you come down to your throat, then your heart center, and then your solar plexus, then your navel, and then the sex organ or the base of the spine, right? A lot of times we are instantly physically attracted to people based off the natural impulse of the first and second chakra or what they would call the base of the spine and navel chakra energy. But we never talk, we never really communicate, we never get a chance to develop um, ideas and even talk about the higher, loftier things, spirituality or even love per se, right? We just kind of meet, greet, I like you, I like you, come over a few times, it become a routine, I give you the key, you're my girlfriend, we're together. It, it kind of goes like that, right? <laughs> so we never really get to build on these higher principles. But if you understand what we would call the dissension process, because we're in Virgo, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, the dissension process of light into this particular reality is just much easier for us to understand, like you pointed out earlier, that the spirit is coming through with this particular body that we have. Now, so we have the universe as a grand whole. The universe is this infinite, uh, is this infinity. There's no end. To say that there's an end to a universe means there's a wall somewhere in space. So if there's a wall, what's on the other damn side of the wall? So I'm talking about everything in existence, period, is this one multitude of thing. And this is why when you start getting into the study, it tells you, oh, it's just nothing. It's called I, nothing, because it's, you would never find me. The moment, I always say this, the moment that you think that you have found it or as the generating force of creation, hmm. the moment that you see it, there is an invisible force inside of it that is making it intelligent and operative. So, therefore, you're still not seeing it. So, you would never see it. Never, ever, 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 ever. But you will see it because it manifests itself in every single thing at the same time. So it's the greatest oxymoron is when, of course, when we say the paradox can be reconciled. So we have the universe. Then within your universe, we have the Virgo supercluster. The supercluster, like I said, is a group of galaxies. Guess what? Your Milky Way galaxy is there. Within this group of galaxies, you have the Andromeda galaxy, and the Draco galaxy, have these different galaxies, but you have a Milky Way galaxy that you live in on Earth, right? This is, okay, this is, this is your particular region of space. And then you have a solar system, which there are many solar systems, but our solar system is this 10-planet solar system, including the sun that we're talking about. So the Virgo constellation itself, though, as Virgo, the zodiac sign, is when we understand beyond her, there is the Virgo cluster of energy, which is said to be the heart of the super cluster. I say that again. 
We have Virgo, the zodiac sign, the divine woman who we can see outside and say she's right there. And if we were just to go light years behind her, we would see a cluster of energy called the Virgo cluster. And then this particular cluster is the heart of the Virgo supercluster. And the Virgo supercluster is the one that says, wait a minute, within my grand scheme of reality, I have the Virgo, I have the, um, I have the Andromeda galaxy, I have the Draco galaxy. This is also known as local star group, okay? So very important to understand this. So when you come and scale it down, you cannot never underestimate the power of the creator and why. I've always been infatuated with why the United States, because it's where I live, why is the United States the power player on the board called uh, a globe, right? Why is it so powerful? Despite its greediness, despite its, you know, all its fallacies that it has with it, why is it the way it is? Where, what is God's communication about this? Well, I know for certain, for sure, that in Washington, D.C., the original design, there's something called the Federal Triangle. You can Google image this. This is real talk. That deals with three buildings in the form of a right-angle triangle. I'm only going to deal with one point on this triangle. This one point on the triangle within these three buildings, the one that I want to focus on is called the Washington Monument, which is this tall African-Egyptian-looking object that looks like a penis pointing straight to the heavens. Facts. It's called an obelisk in Greek. The Egyptians called it a tekken. It's a fact that in Washington, D.C., there's an ordinance that says no building shall be taller than this edifice pointing to the heavens. This, this Washington Monument is 555 feet to be exact. This is dope because now we're leaving fourth-dimensional thinking and we're going up into fifth dimension, which is time. I mean, I'm sorry, which is energy. So you hear people say, oh, this is the 3D reality is where we're at. And then the fourth dimension is time. But I'm going to say it again. Time is nothing more than a measurement. It does not exist until you measure something. It's not all that fancy stuff people talking. I'm, 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 I'm smashing that. I don't care. That, that's bogus. Time is only something that you measure. How else can you know it exists? It's a measurement. So, and I like that it's fourth dimension because it forces you to use your imagination or it forces you to do something that isn't being done. You're measuring. No problem. But when you go up to the fifth, we're talking about pure energy. This is a place, the United States of America, that also says, I will kick everybody's behind on a military level from a five-sided shaped building called a pentagon. So while you're talking fours and threes and twos and one, 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 you ain't really talking about nothing if you don't understand numbers and how to use them to activate, okay? So this monument, the Washington Monument, this, this, this cosmic or this, this is the terrestrial plane, really. So this earthbound penis that is pointing up to the heavens it is a fact that it was in alignment with a star called Spica, S. P-I-C-A, Spica. But see, God works and give it to you through culture, 
And 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 years ago, it gave us the hit group called the Spice Girls, because we're talking about this star Spica, that's the brightest star in the Virgo, the woman constellation. So when the Spice Girls came, it was giving you the personification of a certain energy that was resonating on your Earth plane to get you to understand cosmic law. So this building again, or this monument, the Washington Monument, is pointing to this particular star. Facts, okay? The Virgo constellation. So really, the United States of America, I don't care about his birthday. I'm not going to say I don't care. We know his birthday. We want to say July 4th series and things of that nature. Fine. But understand that that Washington Monument, that no building shall surpass that in height, is really talking about a respect to the only feminine cosmic constellation within the zodiac. Okay? Now, if you understand Virgo, Virgo is at the end of the summer. So this is the corn harvest, right? Shout out to my Masonic brothers who know that the wages are paid through what? Corn, wine, and oil. It's all symbolic. But physical corn does literally, this is the harvest season. This is a time where it comes to maturity. So Virgo represents the maturity of light. Why? Because when we get into the next constellation, Libra, that's when we come to the fall equinox and the days and nights are even. So we got to really understand the psychology of, quote, unquote, the Jewish New Year because they own a whole other science. You mean to tell me that not only is the cosmic masculine and feminine principle together, in the feminine constellation called Virgo, right? But this is the sign before light totally decreases. This is the last sign that we technically have more light than we have darkness upon the earth. So in other words, Virgo to a degree is symbolizing uh, a state of light that says we are about to go into a state of darkness because soon as I hand it over to Libra, right, let's just say September 24th, 5th, right, as soon as I hand it over to Libra, the days and nights are even, and the very next day is more darkness on the earth. Got to understand the psychology. So before we go into the underworld, before you're judged, Libra, right, the scales, we must make our new year right here, all right? So we're talking about the descension of light. Now, you would think the descension of light could be because the physical days are becoming, they're about to become shorter once they hit Libra. Like I said, yes, that is true. But this is also talking about the light that is coming from the Virgo supercluster. How do I know this to be true? Well, let's look at something. Let's look at Yom Kippur, which is the holy day of atonement, right? which is always a week after the Jewish New Year was called Rosh Hashanah, always. Mm -hmm. They call this the holiest day of the year, the holiest day of the year, predicated upon, uh, and they also say this is when you are the closest to God. That's a heavy statement. You are the closest to God at this particular time. Okay, so it's predicated upon Leviticus 16.30, it says, he shall effect atonement for you to cleanse you. 
So Spirit said, no, you got to look at the verb, buddy, cleanse, because there was an action that took place. If you can understand the action, then you can understand what they're really getting at here, right? So the word for cleanse is tahir, right? Tahir means to purify from foreign elements. But check out, tahir also means readying yourself for absorption, readying yourself to absorb something. Wait a minute. On Yom Kippur, there's a fast. I'm not, you're not supposed to eat. You're not supposed to drink. And you're refraining from marital relations, meaning no sex. So what am I receiving? If it means, if tahir or cleansing means I'm readying myself to absorb something. You're ready to absorb the light from the Virgo supercluster. Well, how do you know? I'll show you. Go look at the date for Yom Kippur with September the 30th this year. September the 30th. Do you know that on September the 30th, this is the day that the sun appears directly in front of this Virgo supercluster? This is that. Now, now this is the thing. This is the thing. When I, and so you got to understand because you got to mean, wait a minute. I thought that September the 30th was actually Libra. It is. But see, this is why you got to come to the Cosmic Illusion webinar because what we see outside in the sky is in past tense and it's playing a trick on you. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we actually, the sun outside where you see it at right now, it, it was in that quote unquote position 23 days ago. Because you're moving. You're moving. So you're not seeing everything in real time. You don't even feel like you're moving. It looks like the sun is moving and you sitting still. So don't tell me we're not in an illusion. And this is the difference between the Western system of astrology and what's known as the Vedic Eastern system of astrology. This is why you notice when they talk about 13 signs, you notice that, wait a minute, some birthdays, the last six days of the zodiac sign, share, they keep, they keep the same zodiac sign. Why don't they go back? So you got to know the rules of engagement here. So it's a 23-degree difference of variation between these two systems. But is it a coincidence that the earth is tilted at a 23-and-a-half-degree angle, thus producing the illusion that the sun is right here, which is technically 23 days behind you? So everything that you see, you see it in the past. The only way that you get to the future is through your imagination because it's not here yet. How do physical things come from, you know, in your, in your own reality? I want a car. I'm about to go get it. Or I'm about to create this brand, brand new app. It all starts within your mind of the imagination. So the cosmic bodies, some of them are actually dead and no longer in existence, but they're so far away that you still see them as a shimmering light. But in its reality, it's not even there no more. So don't tell me that we're not in this illusion, all right? So on 930, and I come off of it with this, there's something else that's taking place too. And I posted it right here. Um, If you're listening online, you will see pictures and you will see a slideshow. The picture on the slideshow that shows the constellation, you will see the sun is above this cup or this constellation known as Crater, C-R-A-T-E-R. When does the sun appear to be in front of this cup? 
on September the 30th. I showed you. You see it with your own eyes, astronomically speaking. Okay? So what is happening here, because remember, the virgin, because the sun is right there about Virgo too, you see it. The virgin is the cup. But the cup is this constellation. But I want to let you know the cup is always inside of your body as well. All right? And I'm going to tell you now, the holy chalice, the holy chalice, when you always see the high priest or you see the pimp, the pimp cup, magic Don Juan and all them, really look at this, look, <laughs> look at this dichotomy. Look at this dichotomy. When you go to the place, you know because you're from Oakland, when you're dealing with the player's ball and we got this chalice, we got this cup talking about, what's up, pimp, and look at my bitch baby, look at my old daddy. We're predicating this upon it. I'm from the strip club culture as a manager of it. I'm telling you. We're predicating our whole existence based off the sexy feminine. But that, mm-hmm. that cup that they're really talking about and they holding, they're talking about the virgin vagina. I come off of it with that. So drink you some if you got a whole Bring <laughs> 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 it up. Okay. Um okay. You wild noble. Um, okay, so so awesome. So as Noble shared with us, right, Virgo, we are talking about a cup here, right? Um, when we talk about Kabbalah, Kabbalah, the definition, uh, when you translate it, it's talking about our uh, to receive, right, the, to receive the light of the creator, right? And the light is, is, is oftentimes um, synonymous with love, right? So when we're talking about the light from the creator, we're talking about the love or the beneficence from the creator, right? But we have to remember um, the creator is not creating alone. We are co-creators with the creator, right? That's why we're here. We're here to figure out this great riddle. So within that, um, we, uh, again, we're back at Virgo and we're talking about this cup, this, this thing, this vessel that is here to receive something, right? So earlier in the show I talked about how, for me, Virgo is really just all about love. However, when you look at some of the keywords that are associated with some of the other keywords that are also associated with Virgo, um, two main terms pop up, and that is health, and the other one is service. But as far as I'm concerned, both of those are modalities of Love. Well, why do I say that? Like I said earlier, love is our ability to either be poured into a cup, right, or it is our ability to pour into others, other people's cups, right? And so I'm a little torn right now as to which thing I want to deal with first. My 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 spirit is telling me to to go with health first, right? And I love what Noble said earlier about this space of Virgo dealing with health is also talking about our personal hygiene. And I I was hearing someone speak to it earlier in the week. Um, There was a brother, apparently a musician, and forgive me because I can't remember his name right now, and I don't want to spend all day trying to me trying to figure that out. But what he was speaking to was this idea that our diet, our health, is not only the things that we feed ourselves. It's not just how much water we drink. It's not whether or not we're vegan. It's not what you know. It's not how many of Doctor Sabi's products we've taken. Right? 
health is is a greater concept than just what we put into our bodies physically. What it also is is the thoughts, ideas, and concepts that we feed ourselves, right? So there is also a mental diet. And I would dare argue that the mental diet is far more important than the physical diet. Why do I say that? Well, there's this idea, especially when you're looking at the conscious community, there's this big debate going on right now about how whether or not people are healthy, right? And there's this big push and this big argument for veganism. I call them the vegan Nazis, right? Why do I call them the vegan Nazis? Something that we have to understand, again, there's this concept that we come down here with our baggage, our riddles, our bag of riddles that we've come down here to solve. So in essence, each of us comes down here with obstacles and an innate drama and or trauma that we are here to resolve and or solve. Our tendency as human beings is to, you know, I was hearing someone speak to it earlier in the week, and they said that people hide in church. People hide behind the concept of God, right? And so what happens to a lot of us in this in this uh, conscious journey, this journey of enlightenment? We tend to go from one extreme to the next. We go from one religion, right, and we a lot of us come from the Christian background, and then we pick another God to go and hide our faults, our dramas, our traumas, our afflictions as human beings behind, right? So we go from the Christian church to the Muslim church, and then we go from the Muslim church and we become five percenters and we become uh, 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 Hebrew Israelites and we come, become all of these different things. But if you really look at the conversations that happen over time, right, all of these people are just arguing with each other about whose God is better and whose method is superior to the next one, right? But each of them is talking about conflicts that must be overcome as human beings. So, you know, ultimately what what if we if we're if we're willing to be brave and we're really willing to be honest and look at these systems, what we end up finding out is that no matter which camp you run to, <laughs> you still are faced with your demons. You're still running from yourself. And a lot of us think that the remedy is a new religion, a new God, right? But ultimately, it is it, because the conflict is ultimately with ourselves, the solution is there within the self as well. We've got to get really, really clear about that. So I was talking about this concept of health and what it is that we are feeding to ourselves, right? So health is not just physical. There's mental health. There's spiritual health. There's emotional health, right? And health and, and, and personal hygiene and diet and all of this stuff is talking about our ability to be poured into and who is pouring into us. Really, it is what we are willing to pour into ourselves. I was, I was doing some reading earlier this week, and there's this really dope book. It's called, uh, forgive me just a second, family. You Can Heal Your Life is by a woman named uh, Louise Hay. And in the book, 
she 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 talks about a lot of these same concepts in there, but she's got a chart in the book that ultimately correlates different dis-ease in the body with emotional um, stimulation or or emotional initiators, right? So her the 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 preface of the book is this concept that the dis-ease in the body ultimately starts and is initiated emotionally, right? So she talks about this idea that, you know, um, um, problems with our genitals, whether we're talking about women or we're talking about men, ultimately they come from a, um, a conflict and or a rejection of our femininity and or our masculinity, right? And I thought that concept was was really interesting because it related back to what Noble and I have been talking about throughout this series and how non-tangible, non-physical things can pop up in our physical bodies, in our physical realities, right? So uh, a, a messed up relationship with a Pisces can pop up as, you know, some issues with your feet, right? So there's this correlation between the things that we can't see and the things that we can't see. And ultimately what we have to understand is that the things that pop up physically for us, whether they are experiences, whether it's disease in the body, whatever it is, those are ultimately the effects of the original cause, oftentimes that cause being mental chaos, right? Whether your mental chatter is very negative or you're having experiences where the influences that are around you cause you to have this disrupted mental chatter, ultimately it it comes from an unseen emotional space. And that's, that's really important for us to understand because as I was talking about last week and I was talking about this concept of, of Sabbath and, and, and ultimately celebration and honoring ourselves, what we find out is that when we are not willing to honor ourselves, when we invest in the negative chatter in our minds, when we invest in the trauma, when we invest in the drama, it has physical effects in our lives. We we got to get really, really clear about that. So when we're talking about this concept of health, ultimately our health is an illustration of how well or how poorly we take care of ourselves, right? So, so, so let's let's make sure we got that really drilled in because this is a really important concept. Your health is directly correlated to not only what you feed yourself physically, but we got to get the other side of the ledger. It's also what we feed ourselves mentally. And I brought up the the vegan Nazis and and all of these folks that are on these different, you know, health hypes. And I don't mean to I don't mean to bash any of them. What I'm trying to highlight here is this concept that if you look at a vegan, right? I don't care how vegan that person is, how little meat they eat, how little dairy they consume. A lot of times these same people still are faced with conflict and trauma in their lives. 
And and what I find, and this is my personal opinion, a lot of times when I see folks, you know, parading this very vegan lifestyle, they'll almost want to sell it to you like veganism is the answer to all of your life problems. That is not true. There's a there's another side of this conversation, and it is the, it is the mental diet. It is the mental, emotional, spiritual health of the individual that is very important. So where does our health come from? Well, it's not only about our own practices, you know, how we feed ourselves, how much water we drink, how many baths we take, right? These are learned habits, right? So what's the implication? The implication then is that health is also hereditary, right? It's your dietary habits. It's the things you eat, the things that you think. I talked about it last week, this idea that what we, and we were talking about children and fun last week in Leo, right? So when we are rearing our children, we are infusing them with a, a, a certain standard for their own health. We're not only teaching our children, you know, I, my daughter, She, whenever she comes home from a particular relative's house, she always wants to eat chips in the morning. And we have to go through this whole fight about, Dolly, you know you don't eat chips in the morning. However, when she goes to this relative's house, they let her eat chips in the morning. So she like, listen, I'm not going to die just give me some damn chips, right? And for me, it's like, no, we're setting a tone. <laughs> we're setting a, a standard and an understanding for these are the things that we want to put into our bodies in the morning, and then if we want to eat a little junk, let's save that for later on in the day after we've already set the tone for, you know, some fresh vegetables, some fresh fruits, some water, things of that nature, right? So these things are hereditary. We don't only get it. It's not just about the things that we're doing right now. Some of this stuff is also hereditary. Our environmental health is also hereditary. You look at Rich people, right? Nine times out of ten, if your parents were rich, you're going to be rich. Same thing with poverty. Nine times out of ten, if your parents were poor, you're going to be poor. These are habits and skills that we learn coming up. And ultimately, we have the choice of whether or not we want to continue these habits or whether or not we want to change them, right? But health, is, it's, it's, a, it's a hereditary thing as well as it's a concept or an idea that we choose or do not choose to continue evolving, right? So I, I was I was laughing to myself yesterday because I was I was cleaning up I had my music going and Jill Scott's song Fool's Gold came on and I hadn't really listened to the song until yesterday so I'm listening to the song she's talking and I pulled a few quotes from the song that I thought were really relative to the conversation that we're having today so she said in the song she was like I bit the apple. I was living the living the dream, believing in things that just ain't true. And I was like, oh, yo, she's talking about the show, right? So here we are. We're talking about this concept of illusion. Last week, I think it was last week, I, I touched on this concept of, you know, the, the biting of the apple, right? Typically in our society, femininity is condemned because women are associated with the fall of humanity. Now, that's just rhetoric. That is not necessarily true. But it's the rhetoric that many of us have 
um, held on to and we believe. And it's a, it's a crazy concept when you think about it for women to subscribe to this idea. I, Noble and I were talking about it, I think, last week or the week before, and I said to him, I said, you know what, just as damaging as the concept of a white male god has been to the black community is equally as damaging as the belief of a male god has been to the female conscious. This is a very interesting and important concept for us to understand because the things that we subscribe to, the things that we believe are ultimately what sets the tone for the decisions that we make. Very important um, concept for us to understand. So back to Jill Scott, she was like, yo, I bit the apple. I'm, I'm believing in this illusion. And I was like, God damn it, Jill Scott, you, you just gave me the key that I needed for, for this conversation. So here's something I want to be clear about. I talked about this hereditary aspect of health, getting it from our, our families, right? We're instilled with these concepts about what's good for our health, what's not good for our health from our families. We learn it as children, and we pass it on and teach it to our children. Well, let's get a little further back in this conversation about hereditary or or um, concepts, ideas, qualities that are born and inbred into us, right? And I thought about it when I heard Jill say, when I was thinking about what Jill was talking about in this song, Fool's Gold. I was chasing Fool's Gold. I'm chasing this illusion, right? And so she said, I bit the apple. So it got me to thinking about Adam and Eve. And as I as I talked about earlier, a lot of us are, we come from this very Christian background. But whether we're talking about a Christian background, a Muslim background, a, a, a Jewish background, oftentimes there's a, there's a, a very heavy theme of this concept of a female negativity or, or the, the, the badness of women in either of those traditions, right? So when we look at Adam and Eve, we understand that there was an apple that's supposed to be responsible for the fall of humanity. And then after Adam and Eve bit the apple, supposedly God came down and said, these are the things that are going to happen to you as men because you bit the apple, and these are the things that are going to happen to you as women because you bit the apple, right? So women became condemned to um, um, having to bear children in pain. They became subject to basically having to be led uh, by men. And there's somewhere somewhere in that same uh, text that says ultimately you are going to be led by men who ultimately shun you, right? And then in, in God's conversation with Adam, you know, Adam was going to be, um, he was going to have to toil the labor, toil, toil the land in sweat and turmoil, and it was going to be difficult and hard, and he was going to have to work hard all of his days, right? So again, I'm always talking about questioning what it is that we have subscribed to on an emotional level, on a on a spiritual level, um, on on a mental level. What are the things that we have subscribed to? So. 
I'm talking about this concept of hereditary health. Have we bought into the concept that says I am innately bad because I am human? I am a child of Adam or Eve, right? So this this fall is ultimately associated, the fall of humanity is ultimately associated with Adam and Eve. And depending on what uh, background it is that you come from, it can be very easy to lose sight of the fact that um, Adam and Eve were not necessarily the only people on the planet or necessarily even the first people on the planet because um, Adam and Eve's sons married the daughters of somebody else, right? So save for the idea that they were the only people on the planet, they would have had to ma- marry their sisters in order to marry somebody if, in fact, they were the only people on the planet. So what does that let us know? There were other people on the planet. So what we have to be very clear about is these biblical texts, these biblical characters are archetypes. They states of consciousness that we have to understand and will and will help us to evolve as human beings through the various planes of consciousness and existence. So when we subscribe to the 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 fallen being the, the, the children of the falling, what that does is it sets up a circuitry for the experiences that we have to have here on the planet. So when we're questioning our questioning ourselves, you know, why I can't find a man to do right by me or why I can't find a woman to do right by me. Well, what is it that you subscribe to? Do you genuinely, what is it that you believe in your heart? Do you believe that man and woman are innately uh, um, entitled to be in conflict with each other? Because that was the story of Adam and Eve, right? So we got to get down to the root of what it is that we believe about our existence as human beings, as women, as men. And I'm relating to that to the concept of of hereditary health because I'm thinking about this in terms of our mental health. And and I would I would I would dare to suggest that if we subscribe to these ideologies, what we're ultimately subscribing to is is a mental psychosis. What is psychosis? It is a severe detachment from reality. Again, we're talking about living in the world of illusions. Adam and Eve, once they bit the apple, they agreed to manifest themselves in the reality of illusion. So we got to be really, really careful about that. So moving on over to this concept of service, which I said was another mode of love. The health mode of love is our ability to be poured into, what we are willing to pour into ourselves. On the other end, we're talking about service, which is an, a, another um, uh, term for Virgo. We're still dealing with Virgo. So now we're talking about our ability to pour into others. I love uh, the conversation that they have in Kabbalah where, and, and Karen Bird goes into it in God Wears Lipstick, and she talks about this idea of basically philanthropy, right? So I was talking about Tony Robbins earlier. I was talking about the Kabbalists. Kabbalists 
successful entrepreneurs, i.e. millionaires and billionaires alike, agree that the, the concept of philanthropy and philanthropy or charity is our willingness to give without the expectation of receiving anything in return, unconditional love. I'm not going to give you this $10,000 expecting something in return. I'm simply giving it from my heart. I was inspired to do do so from some divine place, right? So service to others, philanthropy, charity, the 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 millionaires, the billionaires, the spiritualists all agree that ultimately philanthropy or charity is a wonderful circuitry. It's a it's a technology, if you will, for a greater ability to receive the light, the love of the creator. Well, what does that mean? That doesn't make any sense, right? If I got to give something, that means I'm losing something. No. Here's the thing. In Kabbalah, when we talk about this concept of the light and the vessel, and all of us human beings are vessels, whether we're male or we're female, we are all cups. We are all vessels here to receive the light of the creator. That being true, Kabbalah says that when we only so, – so Kabbalah likes to have this conversation about the desire to receive for the self for the sake of the self alone, and then the desire to receive for the sake of sharing. So in talking about this idea that philanthropy or charity is a, a technology for getting more out of the universe, why does it say that? Well, because it's a really simple idea. When you are only concerned about yourself, what I can get out of the world, right? Tony Robbins said it. If you want to evolve your life to the next phase, you've got to focus on what it is that you are here to give as opposed to what it is that you are here to receive. Well, Kabbalah uses this same idea, and it says this. If you are only concerned about yourself, ultimately what you're doing is you are restricting the capacity of your vessel. Because you're only looking out for you, so it's only so much that you as a human being can receive of anything, right? No matter how much money you make in this lifetime, you can only spend so much of it, right? So your capacity to receive is restricted when you only look out for yourself, selfish love, right? However, like Noble said, we want a soulmate, and and, i.e., our capacity becomes greater when we can attach others and our desire to give back to others to our desire to receive, right? So now if you talk, if you thinking about I need some money not just for me, but I also need some money so I can feed my family, well, now your capacity becomes greater. What would happen if your desire to share became even greater than that. Because even if we're thinking about our families, we're still just kind of thinking about ourselves, right? I need to be able to provide for my family so I don't look bad, right? I need to kind of look good and, 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 and be 
you know, at least a little bit about something. I need to be able to feed my children. So the, the conversation is still about self. But what will we be able to do? How much greater would our capacity be if we could expand our desire to receive beyond the self? Well, this is where the, con- the, the, the conversation gets into philanthropy and charity. When we can attach our desire to receive money, to I want to feed my community, I want to I want to feed the world. Well, your your capacity, the capacity of your vessel, has to expand in proportion to that which you desire to give. And, and that's really simple, but really profound at the same time when you really think about it, right? And and what's the so not only is there danger in only desiring to receive the love of the universe, the light of the universe for ourselves to the extent that it, it, it restricts the capacity of our own vessels. But it's also dangerous in the extent that it limits our ability to give. And ultimately we find out through through any teaching, through any uh of the of the different arms and streams of this information called enlightenment, called consciousness, whatever it is that you want to call it, they all agree that, yes, we are here with a purpose. We are here to give back just because because we are infused with the same light, the same nature that God is made of. You are all children. You are you are all gods and children of the Most High. So innately, we are infused with the same DNA as the Creator. What's the Creator's job? The Creator is the Great Giver. So if we want to become like God, we have to be willing to give more. We have to be willing to ask the universe for more so that we can we can delegate and, and dish out more to others. Of course you're going to save a little bit for yourself, right? That's a, that's a part of this conversation. We're talking about health. We're talking about our ability to pour into ourselves. I talked about it last week, being willing to celebrate ourselves, right? To yourself, be kind to yourself, and in doing so, you give permission to others, and not only others, not only other human beings, but you also give off a resonance to the universe that sets up the guidelines for how you would like to receive on this planet. So I, I don't want to get too 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 caught off um off on too many tangents because y'all know I can do that all day. But back to this idea of service to others. Why do we lose then, if this concept of service to others is so important, why do we tend to lose sight of that desire? Why do we tend to lose sight of that need? And I started to speak about it a little earlier. We go through these different experiences in life, and we become confused in this idea that says my my physical reality is greater than my spiritual reality. So we lose sight of, we lose value of the spiritual gain that is attached to all of our experiences, right? Um, we, we lose sight of that because we're wounded, because we're hurt, because our feelings are hurt, because my lover didn't 
didn't do something the way that I wanted them to do it. So now I'm mad, and so now we can't be in love with each other, right? So oftentimes this leads to a sense of bitterness. It leads to a sense of hypercriticalness, right? It leads to a sense of, of paranoia. And it's, we got to be really careful about subscribing to these concepts, and especially now in the world that we live in, right? Because, and I see it happening a lot with women, and, and women, I'm going to put this warning out there as we evolve into the next phase of humanity, which now seeks to embrace the feminine principle, which now seeks to embrace the feminine aspect of God. Hello? Right, so as we we move into this new territory, I'm seeing the the danger of it is this: we now live in a society that says women, in order to be great, in order to be successful in this life, you have to be like men, right? You have to spend more time at your jobs than the boys do if you want to be better than the boys. So what does that mean? Ultimately, we give up time. In the household, we give up time unconditionally loving on our children, unconditionally loving on our partners and our mates because we feel this impetus, we feel this need to be successful in the illusion, to be successful in the world, right? And so now we're, you know, with women becoming freer in our society. The danger that I see happening in that is there's also this freedom for the women to become like the men, right? We can, we, we you know, we get our hearts broken and, and now we're going to go and, you know, make it up. The only way to get over one boy is to get a new boy, right? And so we we start to adopt these very masculine, if you will, um actions, ways of deciding to be in the world. We want to be more like the boys. We want to be less emotional. We want to be more focused. We want to be more intellectual. We want to feel less with our hearts because we feel like our hearts have gotten us into trouble. Well, that is the illusion. That's the illusion. And when we begin to subscribe to these concepts of bitterness, of paranoia, of being super hypercritical, ultimately they cut us off from the circuitry of receiving from the light, right? I talked about it earlier. When we when we only look out for ourselves, right, and, and looking out for self is, is definitely a characteristic of bitterness. It's definitely a characteristic of hypercriticism, of paranoia. Now we're only looking out for ourselves because we've been wounded. I'm worried that this might happen to me again. So I'm going to I'm going to restrict. I'm going to I'm going to cave in on myself, right? The danger in doing so is that it cuts off the light, the love, the beneficence that we can receive from the universe. So we got to be real careful about cutting ourselves off from others, right? You see the memes all the time. Um, no matter how hard you go for somebody, people always do you over. Um, niggas ain't shit. Um, get money and, and you know, fuck everything else. Fuck love. We, we're, we're t- we are starting as a society to very much embrace 
this very negative, this very calloused sense and way of being. And while, yes, you can subscribe to it, you can survive from those modes of operation, the question is, does it open you up to receiving the light of the universe, the love of the universe? Does it fulfill you? Right, and 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 if we if we're being honest about it, you know we know who the people are in our lives in society that we can look around and say, mm, yeah, maybe maybe this particular part of their life is going well, but I can see how. I, great example, I know an older woman who she she is like a female mod boss, right? She's like and. And and her way of showing up in the world, her way of conducting herself in the world, ultimately is very masculine. But in in her community, in her in her circles, she's known as this very smart, tough as nails, take no bullshit type of a personality, right? And she's well known for like giving advice to, you know, the the young girls and, and other women because she, she's an older woman. And so she's very well known for, you know, giving this advice about how to succeed in the world, how to advance in the world, how to how to get your way in the world. And while it may seem to others that, yeah, she winning, you know, she a boss, you know, she think like a man, you know, act like a lady, you know, that she is the epitome of that shit, Right. However, the same woman has not had a, a love relationship, a partner relationship in her life in more than 30 years. So, so, so that's what I'm talking about right there. She, it, it, she, on the outside, her life looks great. But on the inside, when you really begin to dig past the surface, you can see the voids. You can you can see the absence of love. You can see the absence of this 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 mode of Virgo that we're talking about, the cup that is here to receive, right? So ultimately what you find out is that what she's done is she's she's banished herself in certain parts of her life from receiving the light of the creator because she's been hurt in the past, because she's disappointed in men. Because also she's disappointed in herself. I said it before, and 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 I don't mean to condemn Virgo in any way, but a, a part of my analysis of Virgo and in, in looking at why it is that Virgo is the naive one, I said it. Virgo does not know, and this is a part of self that is not aware that we are the ones personally. Not how our stars were set up, not the day that we were born, not whether or not God is in, you know, we're in God's favor or not. Self, we are the ones who are responsible for dictating the the boundaries and the guidelines for how and if we will receive love in this life, beneficence in this life, light in this life. So so we got to get really clear about that. So, again, I said service and health are two modes of 
this this one concept of love. Why love? Because love is our ability to pour into others. Love is an action word, right? And when we can learn to love unconditionally without agenda, right, when we can learn not only to love others without agenda, more importantly, when we can learn to love ourselves without agenda, that is when the sweetness, the love, the light, the beneficence, the abundance of the universe opens itself up to us. All right, I talked long enough. Where you at, Noble? That's what it is, man. I'm here. Man, I just got one little note to add. And, and you know, I like I like the fact that you talked about the mental health being a component. Um, two things about that, because one, Virgo, which is health, we say the ruling planet for Virgo is Mercury. Mercury is the planet the planet of intellect, thinking, communication. Consciousness. So, by cosmic law, that's that's a very factual statement that says, "Wait a minute, your health is really determined by your sphere of of consciousness." Now, here's the thing: because different strokes for different folks, y'all gonna stop acting like there ain't a 95 year old person out here that eat pork, bacon, and grits. Wheat that, that, that like that, you know, they still alive and kicking it. Yeah, they still alive and kicking it. Right now, see, see, here's the thing. Now, everybody's process internally, you know, digestion is different, and that's what you really have to know by. You have to go by that. See, some some things like you know, bread for me. If I go bread, I blow up quick. That's me. Somebody else may not, you know, that's not, it's just, that's just not their forte. You know, they eat bread all the time and it does nothing to them. And so the key is to listen to the body and understand your own individual consciousness. I think that to make a blank statement, oh, just because you melanated, you black, you're supposed to be a vegetarian just because you black. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, seriously. Like, come on, man. Like, we got different blood on, types. Yeah. yeah, blood type. And, again, you got, what about, you know, Uncle Jesse over there still kicking it live, and they outlived Dr. Sabi, R.I.P., but they eat pork. <laughs> and Dr. Sabi ain't even here no more. You know, uh, Hello? You know, uh, you know that, that may be a sensitive subject because it was murder, I guess. I'm but sure my point be, yeah. being, you know, my point being it's all about understanding consciousness. That's, that's a very important uh, component to this thing. Um I had another small point on that totally slipped me because I really wanted to get in the tangent, but I had to pull myself back on that. Um, But anyway, anyway, man, anybody got any questions, feel free to press one. Now is the time. We could take one or two. I got to go pick my puppy up here at the shop. They didn't call me. But uh, if you got a question, go ahead and press one. I can't wait. I'm glad that we didn't got past this first six because now – I get to get in the zone and talk about relationships next week and Libra and Scorpio. Who you who you sexing, who you wanna be loving. It's all that up in there, Scorpio, then Sag we get into higher consciousness and philosophy and expand your mind. Cap we get into 
a subject I love, which is government in the sense of setting it up and how it needs to be ran. Aquarius, of course, I am, so that's easy. And then the final gateway of Pisces, dealing with the spiritual transcendent, you know, transcendental level of consciousness, the final gateway. It's about to be on and popping for these next these next shows from now to the end of them. Because I get in my favorite zone, man. All of these ones that we just did are really the internal aspect of yourself, as with the other ones. But they were like Nick said, they're all about self-responsibility. Whereas now where we're going for the remaining six are 100% about how you integrate what you know with someone else, which is very, very, very important and whatnot. But um, if you got anybody, feel free. I think the prime minister chiming in. That's him. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's going on, man? Ooh, this one was great. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's classic. It's classic. Hey, <laughs> this is my favorite one out of all the ones y'all done done, man. And the other ones was bangers. But this one was oh, wow. This one was, uh, <laughs> Look, I'm going to tell you this. It ain't a hit until you get on here and say so. That's what I be wanting to hear. I'm, I'm, I'm mad. Hey, I, man, I ain't man. like the show until you Look. say so. No, let me tell you. Let me tell you. And y'all start getting in them texts and 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 doing them translations. That's when it gets interesting to do. You know what I mean? And, um, <laughs> hey, no, man, that excites my nervous system, man. Noble knows this. He knows this all. <laughs> you know. But uh, but no, you know, I just want to add, man, to the beautiful build. You know, uh, first on what Nikki said, dealing with um. How much can you give? What are you here to give the world? Um, it will be highly predicated on what you're able to receive from it. And this is very true. Uh, I teach the people who, who are involved with what it is that we do this concept of what, what they call intercessory prayer and how it affects the body, how it affects the mind. But if we take it to a biblical reference so that people can understand in a, from another um, uh, vantage point, you see in the book of Job, when he was hit with all of these ailments, boils and lost his family and all of his riches and all of these things that, you know, we, we would consider to be uh, blessings to receive and or to have, it wasn't until Job prayed for other people, called his friends, in which everything was given back to him, times 10, Right? So we have to look at that. What what is what is these what are these personifications and these stories and these allegories pointing to or trying to point us toward in consciousness to replica in our own lives so that we see similar results. You see? And so, you know, Nikki kept using the word this illusion and duality. And also in that book, Job makes a mention, he curses his birthday. He actually says, I I, I, I am upset. I'm I'm mad that I was born into this world. But as Noble was showing when you translate some of these words, when you go translate birth in that particular passage, it literally means to for light to separate, the separation of light. And so when light becomes separate, right, we get this concept of what we call duality, not knowing that everything is one. And so this is where we start to lose sight and we say, oh, it's hers, it's his. Or we start to reach externally for everything instead of looking at like, hey, wait a minute. If I lift this other person up, that's really myself. 
And so I can only lift myself up if I lift another person up and then we all win together. You see? Right. So that was really that was really profound. And then when Noble was touching on, you know, um this whole this whole Virgo and losing light. Now, see they was pointing to some noble. When you go look at the Chinamen, uh it's a it's a it's a supernova over in this area between Virgo and Libra called Eta Carina. This is a uh-huh. supernova, all right? That is giving off uh, cosmic rays for days. Now the Chinamen call this particular region of space the altar. So now for all of y'all that want to know where your cosmic altar is and what direction it is. There goes a big hint and clue for you, right, of where the light is permeating in at a very, very, very fast and large proportion onto this planet because these cosmic rays are bombarding our magnetic field, it's penetrating our being, and it has an effect on our psychology. So what were these ancient, right, these these Kabbalists, these Jewish people, quote-unquote, who, who understood, because Noble asked the question, what are you receiving over here in this particular area? What is it that sure. you're receiving from this galactic station? All right? So, you know, it's, um, it's super phenomenal, man. This was a really, really great show, man. Mm, great appreciate show. it. Appreciate it, man. But, no, nah, that's, that's, real, that's real spill. Because, see, even when you're dealing with that altar piece, and I had it. I said, but you know what? I ain't going to even deal with it because, we see, the Rosh Hashanah and the Jewish New Year and, and Yom Kippur dealing with the super cluster where the sun is in front of and being in front of the cup as well at this time of year, if you look at the word to cleanse, which is Tahir, which is Teth, Heh, and Resh, which is T-H-R in Hebrew, it equals 57, Right? So you know when we go to the good old book, please tell me why is the word fifty seven word for the number fifty seven is altar. And also another one is Bina, which means to build. So where do you build your altar or what's going on at this time of year? This is the influx of life. But we got like one minute. Um Man, I said my spill, man, y'all can get at me at myastrologycoach.com. Listen, the cosmic illusion. March the 12th, mark your calendars. It's right there. Go to myastrologycoach.com, click on events. You got the webinars. Minister Jew, give us something what we got going on. Vegas, just spill. Pass it to Nick, and we out of here, man. Uh, listen, we're we going to be in Vegas March the 18th. Imagine Prosperity Workshop. Hit the website up, myastrologycoach.com. You can make your deposits today so that you can meet us in the next 30 days or so out there in Vegas. It's going to be phenomenal. We're going to be touching on some of the information that we've been building on today and taking you further into consciousness to realize some of your goals. Um, what else we got coming up? I mean, that's pretty much it, man, as far as, as you know, uh, Noble got the Cosmic Illusion. Y'all make sure y'all got to go sign up for that. Coming up soon, um, I'm going to be having something in April, an online webinar called the, um, the Divine Union between the Conscious and the Subconscious Mind. Nikki made some references today where she touched on this whole thing about, um, you know, people think that when they read these scriptures that a woman actually came from a man, and you see a lot of people who are quote-unquote conscious be like, 
this is a fallacy. We know this is retarded. Well, I'm going to show you exactly what that really represents. Again, it's about states of awareness, the conscious and the subconscious mind. It has nothing to do with a physical woman, nothing to do with a physical man. But like Noble said at the opening of his, of his um, dissertation, that we're all receivers of God's light, all right, which is a feminine principle. So once we understand that, we know that we got a feminine and a masculine part of our consciousness. And so I'm going to tear this thing a new one on this presentation. So you can be on the lookout right. for that. And outside of that, man, that's what it is. But it is. Nick, bring, bring us home. As always, family, find me on YouTube, Nikki Builder. You can also email Noble and I with questions. Y'all been a little shy lately. Make sure y'all hit us up with the questions because we love the feedback. We love to answer questions. So hit us up at thezodiaclovers at gmail.com. Y'all can also find me, NikkiDNovaCollection.BigCartel.com. That's for the ladies who like fashions, and they make their own rules. So make sure y'all find us, find me over there. Um, other than that, family, we will see y'all next week for the uh, seventh episode, uh, which will be dealing with Libra. So um, get ready to have some fun because now we're going to be talking about relationships and how we execute within our, our, our partnerships. So look forward to seeing y'all next week, family. Peace and have a wonderful week. Peace. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.